Welcome to episode 225 of the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. My name is Paul McGinty. With me, as always, are Ian the Sauce Sharply. Hello. And Matt Casal. Hello. It is Monday night, January 29th. And tonight we're going to give you our 2 2018, 218, 2018. 2018. I mean, we can give you two of whatever you want, really. <laughs> With an 18 on, on top. We're going to give you our 2018 comic stuff review. Holy fucking talk, hell. We're going to talk movies, some comic books, some TV shows, all over the board tonight. Whatever you guys want to talk about coming out in 2018, we're going to cover we're it. We're going to cover it. We're, we're Yeah. TV, movies, comic books. That's we generally what music. we do. We don't have music. We don't on have list. music, but hey, we could throw it in at the end if we want to. That's exciting. If we have some, a little. I have a couple little... 2018s that I'm looking forward do to. Do you? Hey, yeah. we'll just cover the full pop culture gambit. Okay. Ian, give us some housekeeping. That's the PCG for you, <laughs> you abbreviators at home. <laughs> uh, McSauce.com, the home of our webcomic. The hub of our podcasts and Paul's reviews of the comics that we're going to we're going to talk comics tonight. Everybody, get ready! <laughs> you can follow us on Facebook. You can check us out on Instagram. You can also follow us on Twitter. Just type in MCSOSS into any of your search bars, and it's the only thing that's going to pop up. I, I guarantee you. That whatever you see, whenever you type in MCSOSS, anywhere, your home, your home computer, your personal database, at work, type it in, it'll fucking pop up the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. What's a personal database, anyway? Personal database, like, uh, your the files. PDB. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Your, yeah, your PDB. Yeah, Say like, no more, I totally understand. Yeah, like, uh, you, you keep, you keep. A database of things of, of, of things at home. Right. Now, what are we covering again tonight? Well, McSauce Ian? listeners, if you type in McSauce and something comes up that isn't us... Let us know. Please let me know, because <laughs> I'm curious. Yeah. And if you can, review us on iTunes. Give us a star rating, one through five. Just take a second. Five stars. No lower than five stars. But give us some kind of review. Um, it does do... Uh, some magical iTunes things that help us out. So, um, hook, yeah, hook when, us up. When you when up. you review something or give something a rating, it makes it more visible to people that might be interested in similar podcasts. Or honestly, you don't have to do. You can do the high tech reviewing and rating, but just tell somebody if you like our show. Tell somebody. Tell Grass somebody roots. that. Yeah, yeah, we like the grassroots. Tell somebody, tell tell a friend might be interested in TV or movies or comic books. That's what we typically cover, and that's what we're going to cover tonight. So. Yeah, McSauce fans, you are our most valuable promotional resource. The VPR for you <laughs> abbreviation <laughs> fans at home. 2018, all about the abbreviations. <laughs> so, yeah, tell a friend, review us. We really appreciate it. You guys want to get started tonight with some 2018 comic books? Well, the thing is, there's so much to cover. I like that this is the abbreviation episode because we don't have time to say the whole thing because we got to get right into it. Ian, what are some comic books that are coming out in 2018 that uh, we have to look forward to? 
that we have to look forward to. There's a, a new American Gods comic book coming out. No, no, the ones that we have to look forward oh, to. Oh, 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 that so we have to look is forward American to. Gods, who's, who's Neil, is that Neil Gaiman? Yes. yes, that's Neil Gaiman. And there's a show on Stars. Yes, there's a show on. Stars. I didn't. I, I didn't watch it. Did you watch that? I did watch it. It did was you, good. I what did, is, I enjoyed it. Give me a synopsis of American Gods. Um, the the it's sort of like a battle between the old gods, the traditional old gods, and the new gods. Dark side. like my father. The new gods like uh, media and technology, things like that. Against are media and technology represented as people? Yes, they are. All these gods are represented as people. Um, media is re- represented by uh, Gillian Anderson. She comes Scully? across. What's that? Scully? Yeah, Scully. Huh. She she uh, comes across as different things. So she appears as uh, Lucy from I Love Lucy in one episode. She's David Bowie at some point. Like so, she, her form kind of changes, but that's the god that she represents. So it's a brewing war between the uh, the old and the new gods. And who is Ian McShane? He is well. It's a spoiler. Okay, so don't I tell don't, me. Yeah, don't but, tell me. So yes, um, I thought it was a. I thought it was a pretty quality show. Uh, I enjoyed it. It was nice and quick as well. It was. I thought that the uh, the hour long episodes. Yeah, but I mean, it's six like six to eight episodes, somewhere around there. Yeah. Did you um, read the book? I did not read the book. Are you going to so read I, this new book? Likely not. No. So Dark Horse came out with the comic book. Uh, adaptation of it this past year, right, 2017, and uh, is that a is American Gods a Dark Horse book? Uh, the, well, the comic book is, yeah. I believe it was a book. It was a novel, right? It was originally and then a novel. It was optioned as a TV something. show and a comic book right. and all that stuff. Now, the the comic book that's coming out is is that like they're not making a, a novel sequel, correct? I don't believe so. Okay. Well, moving, I, no. moving on from American Gods, we have a lot to cover here tonight. Ian, what else you got for us? Uh, <laughs> Matt, why don't you go while, uh, I'm, while I'm scrolling through my pages and pages well, of comic I think, books. Paul, you actually have the uh, the notes. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I have a handful of things. Um, I saw that... Archie Comics is coming out with a new Dick Tracy book. Now that's yeah, really that's interesting. Get, that's that's incorrect. They're not going to do that. They've can't. They've since canceled that. Ah. Oh. Yeah. I because because oh. I read, I read the same thing. I was looking at the article and it says due to a license licensing error, Archie has canceled this series. And then it gives the whole synopsis and review of like what it would have been. Hmm. So you know. It well, will not be released on April 11th of this year. Is it going to be released? Are they eventually no, going to do it? Is it? Are they trying like to resolve the license dispute? Uh, according to this link, no. It sounded cool. It sounded like something that I actually would have picked up, even though I'm not a Dick Tracy guy. I'm a big Dick Tracy guy, so I was pretty amped You're about a, that. What <laughs> kind of Dick Tracy guy are you? The fans can hear it. <laughs> They can they can use the little rewind button on their app. <laughs> but yeah, I, I read that. I saw it and I was like, oh, that's awesome. And then saw the update to the article and was like, fuck. Oh, yeah, you took all the wind out of my sails for this episode. I don't care what we talk about. I was, exci- I was excited to uh, correct you. <clears throat> Matt, what do you got over there? Well, um, 
I'm looking forward to. I wasn't sure if you wanted to do this in any kind of chronological order, Paul, with the uh, the comic book preview, but like, like release date. Yes, no, no. I mean it's too late. We talked about a canceled property and something that none of us actually know anything about. So, <laughs> uh, well, let her an- rip, Matt. Another thing that we don't really know about is Brian Michael Bendis's involvement at DC Comics. Longtime Marvel guy moves over to DC after what sixteen years at Marvel. One of the uh, quote unquote architects of Marvel Comics. He's going to DC. He's going to shake some things up, do some of his Bendisy things, which is really dialogue heavy and um, talky stuff. <clears throat> I would imagine he'll have the Justice League sitting around a table with their uh, masks off. You really, uh, you really. Telegraphing that you don't like his current work, huh? Uh, I would, yeah, I would say that I have not read much from him in recent years that I liked. Although, I will say some of his earlier work is some of my like favorite comic books. So you don't enjoy quiet moments when the heroes can talk to each other like like normal people. Uh, I do. I I like his uh, dialogue between characters sometimes. But as he became more and more popular, to me, I was starting to read Brian Michael Bendis and not so much the characters anymore. Like yeah, it, it became less of a style and more of like a um, uh, a projection, if you will. Yeah, that's where the problem came in. It wasn't it wasn't characters sitting around talking to each other. It was characters sitting around all with the same voice, all with the same tone, all sounding like witty Brian Michael Bendis. And like once he got so popular and kind of had, you know, run of the hen house over at Marvel, like that's that just what happened. filthy. <clears throat> the run of the hen house. <laughs> he he do whatever he wants to he any of the hens. Putting his dick in whatever he wanted we over woke? there. And it was full of quippy quippy banter. Mm. Uh and like that was that was the real problem. So I'm hoping that you know he's clearly getting preferential treatment already because he's he hasn't even published anything at DC yet, but he's getting a story in Action Comics well, 1000. Okay, your preferential treatment, he's still probably the biggest name now at DC Comics in terms of writers, so maybe he should be on one of the top tier books, whether or not he's been there before or not. He's still a gigantic name yeah, in the comic book I, industry. I get that. Um, and I and I, I think. He should like. I'd kind of like to see him take on Batman because I don't like Batman right now. But, I would like to see that too, as noted in our episode we recorded back in December. When but I, I don't suggested think that. Like I, I'm, I'm looking forward to Bendis being on books. I don't think he needs a story in Action Comics 1000. It's such a huge, seminal issue. Like, it's the first comic book that's gonna reach number 1000. Is I it a thousand it pages? Be, What's the? I don't know. It's going to it's, it's going to be oversized. There's going to be you know multiple stories in it. Multiple artists. They're going to have you know a bunch of you know fav- fan favorite Superman artists and writers in it. And like I I'm in on all of that, but Bendis hasn't done any of that. Like he's not a Superman guy. And Action Comics number one thousand, it's going to sell. What would you do? Exactly, I would do whatever they're doing without Bendis on it. I don't think that he's, just taints it for you. No, it it doesn't. Like I'm I'm gonna buy it, but I don't think he's earned the right to be on a big DC book. 
like that because he's he hasn't been part of the DC family for like more than three months. I don't think your logic is very sound. That's fine. It's not like uh, he's coming in and taking over the the title of Superman. You know, this is like kind of an all-star team that's all kind of taking a crack at little stories. Usually these oversized things kind of suck anyway. Uh, they're not like good, concise stories. It's just like, oh, you remember that one part in that thousand-page comic book special edition annual thing? Yeah. Um, who knows? Maybe Bendis' story will be the best part of it. Uh, to say he hasn't earned it is ludicrous to me because that guy has sold more comic books than <laughs> like just about anybody. I realize it wasn't at that company, but he still knows how to write a comic book. And I, I think that the majority of people you know, that are fans are probably looking forward to what he's going to do. Even me, who's like totally down on him in general, I'm kind of excited to see what he can do in a, in a new environment. You know, I thought that he had kind of worn out his welcome at Marvel and maybe now is the time for him to, uh, I don't know, kind of bring some of that style to, uh, to DC with, because he isn't the guy right now. Maybe it'll be like kind of more like the way it was when he was, uh, newer at Marvel, you know, back in the ultimate Spider-Man and, um, uh, Avengers when it first started the new Avengers yeah I'm, I'm looking forward to whatever title he's going to be on like I I think it's going to be really neat and I, I think that a lot of it has to do with he's not going to be top dog he's it, he's really coming into part of kind of an ensemble team now and yeah um, whatever book he gets put on unless it's just some garbage character like Cyborg I'm going to buy it and he's going to be in an part of an ensemble writing this story as well. I mean, it's not like he's really getting top billing. The I'm looking comic at, story? Yeah, I'm looking at the list yeah. of creators on here, and it goes all the way down to the floor. So I don't think it's... I don't think it's anything, honestly. I didn't... I, th- I think it's fine. I didn't care for the artwork, the Jim Lee artwork. I thought it was a little bit weird-looking. I wasn't crazy about the okay. Jim Lee artwork either. I don't... I think they... Should have got a. They should have gotten a Superman artist, because Jim Lee's Superman isn't. It doesn't look like Superman. I think they should it have got feel like Gary Frank. To, and, and it seemed like he was also trying to do a different style of Superman than he's ever done. Like if yeah. you look at it, this it looks like he's channel. Yeah, he's channeling like a 1940s, 1950s style Superman, and just just get Gary Frank to do it. Can or, we can we do you know, that? Even just you know. Give it to Dan Jurgens. Yeah, as far as I'm concerned, you know, give you it know, to Dan Jurgens. Out of the guys with a, that are alive, with a different, you know, a more modern inker, maybe. They're putting, uh, they're putting the red underpants back on him too. Yeah, I saw that. I don't know what the reasoning is exactly, but because I mean, it looks better. Because it looks better, it breaks up all that blue. Um, you know, I realize that the reason why they gave these guys the underwear originally way back in the day was because they were trying to mimic those muscle men that like those bodybuilders that that's basically what they wore, but they had to have costumes on, on top of that. So that's why they were wearing their undies on the outside. It's kind of stupid to think of it today, but so is wearing bad ears. So 
just go with what looks cool. Like I, I don't know why we're so afraid of of basing comic book character designs on what looks cool. Instead, you're trying to design it as if you know you have to make it in real life. It just it it kind of baffles. It's me. more aesthetically pr- pleasing to look at for sure. The I'm just talking the, like in general. Yeah, like yeah, we're not you know we're not designing this for people to wear on the streets. This right. is fictional garb. It's fine. So, um, Action Comics 1000 will be coming out this year. Are there any other big milestones that are hitting? Are you kidding me, this, Ian? This year? Well, that's why I'm... Haven't you heard? The guy that's been destroying your favorite superhero for the last 10 years. <laughs> this is like a... Uh, this is like a, a anti-milestone, um, sort of. It, it Well, it is. Uh, no. it's, it's... Keep in mind. Okay. We don't have all night. And this is a this is a subject that can go all night. Okay, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep, keep it quick. It, we'll keep it quick. Ian, I know you're a big Dick Tracy guy, but you're an even bigger Spider-Man guy. That's correct. Spider-Man for the last ten plus years has been written poorly by a writer named Dan Slott. Dan Slott is the guy that has been. Uh, writing Spider-Man through some of the worst all-time Spider-Man stories. And he is the guy, I mean, him and any editor that basically allowed this to happen are responsible for changing the status quo of who Spider-Man even is. They erased his history up until um, before his marriage to Mary Jane, so he's not even married to Mary Jane anymore, uh, all in an effort to keep Aunt May from dying for the one millionth time. Such Just a let her go. Just let her go, guys. So, um, and since then, he's written ridiculous stories, like things like uh, Spider-Man's essence, like like I get his essence, like lives on, but his body died, and then uh, his body Doctor, snatched by Doctor Doctor Octopus. Octopus uh, his consciousness like invaded Peter Parker's body and he became the new Spider-Man for like a year and a half, something like that. All the while, that's the new Spider-Man, that's status quo, That that's really Spider-Man. Dan Slott kept saying that and uh, nobody really believed it, but he, he stood firm. And then, of course, The Amazing Spider-Man 2 comes out starring... Uh, the lovely, a- the lovely Andrew Garfield. Andrew Garfield. And... Um, and as soon as that came out, suddenly Peter Parker is back and as Spider-Man again. But anyway, uh, Ian and I, both uh, big anti-Dan Slot guys, uh, he has shaped poorly the the trajectory of this character for 10 years. And, and frankly, his bastardization of this character has hurt my overall interest in comics over the last 10 years. It's very difficult to have your favorite character written so badly, so consistently for so long. And it's finally over. So I can only look at this with optimism and hope that whoever takes over, I don't know who, is going to come in and and shake things up. Because I think it's necessary because you're obviously going to want to make your own stamp and not just do the same old thing that's been kind of status quo for the last 10 years. Yeah, the and even all through 
crossovers and reboots and shifts in tone and new artists on the book and we changed the numbering and all through that Dan <laughs> Slott has remained uh, consistent through Spider-Man and Spider-Man's quality in my opinion has remained consistently low so I am excited as well Matt. it's got a hell of a good artist on it right now though so Who, is it Stuart Eminem Stuart Eminem yeah. who's picking up who's writing well, that we don't know yet, I don't think. It could be that Chip, uh, Chip Zdarsky. Zdarsky, who's currently writing the Peter Parker comic book that relaunched with Andy Kubert on the on the art. It, it launched, and then they got to issue five, and then they realized, well, I guess we could kind of make this Peter Parker, Spider-Man of old, so they tried to rekindle the numbering. Yeah. This is, Ian, this is the series that actually started with Todd McFarlane's Spider-Man number one all those years ago. Ah, uh, yes. yes. So now they're up to like 195 or something like that. Maybe they're actually into the 200s, but that's, I guess somebody went back and like pieced it all together and figured, yeah, it's about 195 <laughs> issues. That sounds, uh, sounds right. We'll ballpark it. So uh, <laughs> do we want to talk about movies well, or is, TV? Is, that, or? is the new Spider-Man comic book on either of your lists? To pick up, even though we don't know who's writing it yet. Yeah, sure. Oh, yeah. It's, 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 it's not so. slot, so we're going to give it a chance. Absolutely. Yes. Um, one, well, two comic books I'd like to talk about really fast. Honorable mentions: um, Jeff Lemire and Andrea Sorrentino's Gideon Falls. It's an image book. Um, it's about some creepy black barn that shows up and like causes all this horror stuff. I love it already. Je- horror books. You had me at Jeff Lemire. Jeff, yeah, Jeff Lemire. Jeff hasn't, Lemire can um, write Spider-Man for all I care. I was gonna say he he hasn't ever disappointed me, but I didn't like Sweet Tooth. Everything else I've read by him, I've I've loved except Sweet Tooth, which is didn't like, his seminal work. Well, you likely didn't like Sweet Tooth because he also drew all of it. Oh yeah, and Jeff Lemire, wonderful creative mind, but not the most talented artist. Well, I it's um. That's objective because a lot of people like like Paul Pope's artwork, and I think Paul Pope's artwork is like uh, sticking a pencil in your asshole and shaking your butt around. Paul it's Pope's so sloppy. That messy. sounds like a turd that like kind of won't break off. You know? Wow. What? That's what it sounds Scott, like. Scott. Yeah. Scott. I don't. Comics. I don't like Paul Pope's artwork, and I think I think Jeff Lemire's art is a distant cousin. But man, what a what a good writer. So I think that comes out pretty soon. I'm Paul, pick you that need up. to um you need to read his run on Bloodshot. I know you kinda liked the Valiant that he wrote. It basically his run on Bloodshot picks up after the Valiant. It's really, really good. You would enjoy it. I don't I think I started reading that and I didn't like it. I think I read the first you couple never issues. Isn't to that when he's like he's in a shitty hotel room or yeah. something, and it's a yeah. like the panel's a complete mess, and then eventually there's like a Batmite bloodshot running around with him. Yeah, I don't want any yeah. part of that. Um, it's excellent. Uh, I'm surprised you like that, that yeah, weird bit. It's not that weird. It's it's just a guy that's kind of disturbed. Like Jeff Lemire, I don't think he has some kind of out there ideas, but they're never. They're always accessible, I think. I never feel like they're presented in a way that is so weird that it's not accessible. Like, I typically would think something that Grant Morrison would write 
is so weird that it's not accessible and I don't get it and I don't like it. And if I don't get it, then the fanboys would say that, you know, I, I just don't understand. But Jeff Lemire's stuff, I think, is like, even if you're not into it, you kind of get it. Like, it's not like it's above you or anything. That's an excellent point. Um, the last book I want to mention is uh, The Terrifics. Oh, yeah. So DC has, Ian, listen, DC has an entire line of brand new superheroes coming out at the beginning of 2018. As a matter of fact, one has already come out. Damage. Damage. Now, Damage was an existing character that was from the 90s, I believe. It was like about a little kid that kind of hulks up and like becomes super powerful. But the new version of Damage basically looks like Grey Hulk with bigger teeth. Yeah, he kind of looks like um, Batman v Superman Doomsday. A little bit, yeah. Like he looks like a cave troll. Yeah, drawn, I I think written and drawn by Tony Daniel, who is kind of like a poor man's Jim Lee. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'll take a poor man's Jim Lee, because Jim Lee is really good. And um, But anyway, this whole new line of like the new age of, of superheroes, DC's coming out with existing characters and, and uh, brand new characters to kind of fill what I think like the mainstream publishers are desperately missing, which is new superheroes. Paul, when was the last time a brand new quality superhero was introduced in Marvel or DC comics? The answer is Deadpool. What in the eighties? Like, I mean, or do we really have to go back to the eighties to have a character of significance? Uh, I was being facetious. Um, a new, uh, a brand new character that was introduced. That, that makes into an the impact world. that lasts more than like a year. Hellboy was ninety three, right? I mean, that, but that's, that's my not point. Marvel DC, you know. But even still, there's not a ton of new characters. Period in comics, and that's like another story for another day. But the point is, like DC is at least trying something new, right? This isn't just a relaunch of an existing character, renumbering of an existing book. This is new stuff, and. I applaud anybody that's going to try to create new superheroes. You have a bajillion new comics, but there are very few new superheroes. And I think that's a very exciting thing. But sorry, Paul, more about the Terrifics? Uh, the, the Terrifics, I'm looking forward to it because it is no new superheroes. <laughs> Unlike Matt, I don't want new superheroes. I don't want new characters. I don't need to get invested in anything that's going to last 6 to 12 issues and then get canceled. Uh, the Terrifics is Metamorpho. Mr. Terrific, Plastic Man, and Phantom Girl. So, All two two of four names, which mean nothing to the mainstream. previous, right, mean nothing to the mainstream, but four ca- characters already established in greater DC continuity. Okay. Um, written by Jeff Lemire. Never hopefully not. Hopefully not drawn by him. Jeff Lemire. And uh, I think the first three issues are drawn by Ivan Reyes, and then Doc Shaner picks up, which I'm really looking forward to. He did all the new character designs, and I was kind of hoping work. that he was gonna do all all of the issues. I, I was, really liked those I was designs. too. There was a there was a delay. Um, like he wasn't, he was moving states at the time, so he wasn't able to draw the first three issues, which is why they got Reyes to do it. But he's gonna be the regular artist. And you know I love Doc Shaner's stuff. Um, he's like the next generation Darwin Cook. I know that's super high praise, but they have very, um, very smooth, very minimalist, you know, 
cartoony style. And I can't wait till Shaner's on the book. I'm really looking forward to this one. Uh, DC's rolling out. They're from that like Alex Toth school yeah. of illustrative. Um, DC's work. rolling out previews of all of these new characters um, in their books the last the last few weeks. And I've been reading each one. I read the Damage preview. I read um, Swipe or Slice or some kid that looks like Spider-Man who can bounce between. He can like zip through a hole in space time and pop out somewhere else. He's like he's got like a boomerang on his. He's head. like DC's version of Spider-Man and Deadpool mashed up. Not interested in that one whatsoever. There were a couple other ones that didn't really interest me either. But Terrifics, I'm all in. I'm excited about it. Yeah, I'm excited about it too. Paul, why uh, why is the Terrifics being made? Do, is there an answer to that? Yeah, there, there is. There is an um, answer to it. In, tell them. Um, it's sort of like a answer to Marvel burying uh, their use of the Fantastic yeah. Four. So it's sort of like a shot across Marvel's bow, like, hey, stupid, you have these similar types of characters. We're going to do what you should be doing and likely do it better. I hope it's good. Uh, you know, Jeff Lemire, man, you know, very rarely missteps with that guy. Oh, so I don't know if he draws anything. If he with draws the, it, though. He's not drawing it. <laughs> he's not He's not drawing it. We're safe. Uh, hopefully the he doesn't treat it like Deadpool. hand of Jeff Lemire. Or not Deadpool, uh, Bloodshot. So, guys, what do you want to get into next? Uh, Too bad we don't have the wheel that we could spin and maybe... Paul, why don't we talk about television? Let's talk about some television. Is 2018 looking to be a good year for TV? I'm really excited about 2018's TV schedule. I'm well, really excited about its current TV schedule. Because... Two shows that I've really been looking forward to just started. They're not necessarily comic book shows, but they are genre shows. Mm-hmm. Um, TNT's The Alienist and Star's Counterpart, starring J.J. You're and excited James about Counterpart? Simmons. Did you watch it? No, it kind of looked eh. It's really good. It was way better than I thought it was going to be. The Alienist was fantastic. Alienist stars um, Luke Evans and Daniel Bruhl. Baron Zemo, for you Marvel fans. No, no shouts to Dakota Fanning. Out there, I was getting there. I was getting there also, Dakota Fanning. Um, it takes place in 1898. Um, Daniel Bruhl plays kind of a uh, psycho like a pro. It's like a, a proto-profiler, profile. yeah. yeah. And he's, um, he's hunting like a New York City Jack the Ripper who's killing boy prostitutes which lady. is real weird yeah, he's, he's lady boy lady boys <laughs> um but so far like the episodes the first episode was pretty gruesome you know you get a good uh good sense of e- each of the characters i like luke evans i like dakota fanning I like you know all the casting is done re- uh really well the the sets are really um elaborately put together um if you would you know, if you didn't know any better, you would think that this was a Showtime or HBO yeah, show. It looks it's high really quality. Slick. Mm-hmm. It, it, it looks like it could easily be, um, you know, one of the premier networks. And I read, I, there's a reason for that. <laughs> I read that each episode costs five million dollars 
for TNT to put together. So it looks like I mean you see all five million dollars on the screen. So yeah, it looks they really it, threw it, down. It looks fantastic. Like in a lot of ways, it looks better than the Robert Downey Jr. Sherlock Holmes movies. Oh yeah, <laughs> did you watch The Alienist? Uh, yes, I did. Did you like it? Yeah, I thought it was really cool. Yeah, it was I interesting. It definitely going back for more. Watch Counterpart because I thought Counterpart starts really slow. Counterpart. Um, J.K. Simmons plays um, like a UN a UN paper pusher. He doesn't know what he does in the building. He does things in. He just shows up, does his job, goes home. Doesn't know what his company does. Um, what his company does is monitor a doorway between our universe and a mirror universe. Uh, that sounds like Fringe. Yeah, it has. Um, it has some really cool fringe aspects to it like that. And what happens is, you know, this doorway has been open for decades and there's been peace between the universes, but the mirror universe is facing some like social instability. And so they're sending operatives to destabilize our universe so they can come over and take over JK Simmons, nerdy counterpart on our side. On the other side, he is, a trained assassin and they need to work together and like what I wasn't expecting out of it like I expected it to be you know kind of action thriller but there were some really great quiet character moments that you learn between the two of them our J.K. Simmons his wife is in a coma the other world's J.K. Simmons he says his wife dies and you know you learn at the end of the episode that she didn't die, but there's some really good character moments between the two of them and what each of them goes through to get to where they are and like how they relate and don't relate to each other. I was really impressed with that first episode. Really smart show. They do a lot of great setup work with the female assassin that begins the episode. They set her up, what she's capable of, you know, what she's gonna be doing. Uh, you know, both JK Simmons characters Really good and really impressed me more than I thought it would. So already out of the gate, really impressed. Uh, Jessica Jones comes out in March. Looking forward to that. Uh, Black Lightnings three episodes in. Have you been watching that? I did. His costume's garbage. Isn't Looks really bad. To, like, isn't he? Is, it's supposed to sort of eventually move away from hat starring him. And like, sort of focus on his kids that's a little bit the rumor. more. Or yeah, that's the rumor. But I want the I want the costume to look better, and I want it to. It it seems it feels like a poor man's Luke Cage. Yeah, Luke Cage did a really good job of relating. Like I I felt like I understood Harlem mm-hmm. when I was watching Luke Cage. I don't feel like I understand. Ferguson when I'm watching Black Lightning and that's kind of the analog of the town they're in mm-hmm. like I, I wanted to I wanted to have that swagger that Luke Cage had because it's kind of the same story you know big local hero big powers cleaning up the town you know from you know crime bosses and stuff and like so far there's some really cool moments but it doesn't it hasn't hooked me the way the other CW stuff has and it's not connected to the other stuff either. It's not part of the Arrowverse. I think that's kind of weird that it's its own thing. You know, you you have this big universe to play with. You don't necessarily 
um, every episode they don't have to bump into characters from those other shows, but have it stay open. Well, the Arrowverse is only the Flash and Green Arrow, correct? Is does Supergirl not exist in the same universe, or is it Supergirl is in a separate universe? Yeah, but the way vibes powers work, yeah, they can zap her over whenever they want. So essentially, she's they're all yeah that it, and Legends of Tomorrow they're all in the same. They all yeah. take place in the same same universe. Yeah. And the way that DC set up, I mean the mul- the multiverse, it could, you know, Black Lightning next year if he sticks around and yeah they can he all can make an appearance. They can I'm always sure. change it. Greg Berlanti has even said. Um, you know, it's the, the way the tone is set up, it's, it is more in your face, social commentary in black lightning than, than the other shows. He said that, you know, due to that, the tones don't line up, but clearly the way things are, they've handled, you know, different universes and you know time hopping and stuff. They can fold that in anytime they want, but for this season, they're really letting it go on its own. It's not bad. I just want a little a little more from it. Like I saw from Luke Cage what a show like that is capable of. Mm-hmm. And um I like all the principal players in Black Lightning. It's just not it's just not clicking yet. But it's I, I've only watched two episodes, so it has it has plenty of time. Matt, you know what else comes out this year? The new season of Gotham. No. Uh Roseanne. I know yeah. that's not genre, that's not a comic book show, but it's something near and dear to our hearts. To our hearts? I didn't know you were a big fan. I'm not as big a fan as you are. Who is? But I'm uh, there's probably absolutely going to watch Roseanne when are it comes you really? back out. Absolutely. What about you, Ian? Likely no. It, you know, it's funny, Paul. I got into Roseanne during the Nick at Night era, uh, after it had already aired um i think this would have been like i don't know 2004 2005 somewhere in there and um it was on like they would do back-to-back episodes at 10 and 10 30 and i would watch every night and i was like where the hell was i when this was on like I, obviously i knew of it yeah what were you doing like- i don't know like it just wasn't really on my on my radar at the time and it I just connected with it in such a profound way that I've never I feel like I just relate to that sitcom more than like other kind of similar sitcoms like a Mr. Belvedere or maybe like a I don't know. Well Roseanne was always the the realist. Yeah, a little to bit. To paraphrase Iggy Azalea. Well, first things first, she's a realist. It, because, you know, all all of our other beloved 80s and 90s sitcoms, they had that sitcom shine. Yeah. You know, they still lived in, like, you know, the big house with, like, seven bedrooms and all this all this crap. Like, Roseanne... Like, Carl took- Winslow was the richest fucking cop in right. all of the suburbs of Chicago. Yeah. Like... Everybody, everybody in Roseanne was for real poor. 
Yeah. Right. They and were always worried about how are they going to pay for this or that. There was the episode where they it, shut their electric off. Like they it wasn't just one like one episode like the uh, the 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 uh, the rent scare episode. Like every fucking week, and it was like, ah, even, shit, how are we going to make this? It, work? it does. Right. You and it. It's not even about you know the the story telling you through the plot that this family doesn't have money. It's the way the house was set up. It was it was the sets. It it's was everything. even the it was the actors. It was the lighting, the actors, you know. It was yeah. It was the lighting. It was you know the coloring. You know everything. You know really, really let you know like this was this was different than a lot of other things. Yeah, they really did do a good job with the lighting on that show. And wow, I've never ever spoken about the lighting on Roseanne and probably nobody ever has. But if the guy that was responsible for lighting that TV show is listening to this podcast right now, and we know you are, he is loving his, he's finally getting his due. The lighting in Roseanne was so good. Like he was, he's probably whispering to himself finally and pulling the trigger. Yeah. Like the, I've, I've made it bang. Like, <laughs> As no, he he's getting ready down. to kick the chair out, like he has just for strangely, he has his fucking Potomatic app going, and it's it hit this episode, and he's like, maybe right, right before maybe, he provided a five and, and star he review, like the vindication I've always wanted, and he like slips. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> well. What other what other sitcoms had that well, had that realism to it? Um. Hmm. I don't know. I mean, were the people in Malcolm in the Middle poor? Like, well, I never watched that. That wasn't like, like a staged sitcom. What, what about? I, I think I, I, I feel like the Middle kind of has that, but the Middle also has a weird, a weird color palette to it, and it also like I've I've only seen a handful of episodes of the Middle, and I don't like it. But the Middle seems to have like kind of a. Other, it's it's kind of too over the top to be as real as Roseanne was. It's too silly and goofy. Yeah, um, Golden yeah. Girls was probably pretty legit. Were they? I mean, I don't. I I never really watched Golden Girls. Yeah, I could I never get into it. Some of the people out there, some of the people love the girls, but uh, uh, I I like Golden Girls. The the GG if. Uh, the deuce G. We're just going back to abbreviating. So, uh, Paul, is the Roseanne reboot going to be garbage or is it going to be any good? Oh shit! I don't know. I think it's a. I think it's kind of a crapshoot. You know, what like, what can you expect from something like this? You know, I I think it'll be fun for a couple episodes based on nostalgia alone. Mm-hmm. But is like, is it really gonna feel like I? I don't know if they can just do Roseanne again. Like whenever they were doing Fuller House, I think they should have adapted Fuller House to a modern audience, and not like you know Fuller House is about the girls, and it's basically f- the same format, same tone, same everything as the didn't old people show. eat that up though? Like, didn't the old audience, the nostalgia audience? Yeah, like go hard for yeah, it. Doesn't I, have like three seasons already. Yeah, but I think, I think a full house, and it got renewed for a fourth. I just saw. Yeah, so I mean. Yeah, I mean successful, but it's 
successful on Netflix. Not, I don't mean, I know, I know, I know. I, mean, I don't like want the one of the I, biggest look, platforms. That I know, reaches the I most don't people. want to attack for that. I struggled finding a way to say it, but there's no other way to say it. I think full, I think Fuller House could have been a legitimate network show right now if they focused on the three dads and changed it up and made it more like modern family style and changed the tone of the comedy and made it a brand new show. Um, as flawless as Roseanne was back then, I don't know what they're going to do now to translate it into the modern era. Well, the thing that Roseanne, the show, tried to do back then was push the envelope of what was acceptable for the time. You know, they were the first show to tackle things like, uh, you know, teenage pregnancy and stuff like that when they got Becky on the pill. And, and like, at the time, that kind of stuff was just unheard of for like a TV sitcom. So based on today's standards, they'd probably have to push things a little further. Um, but you're not going to push it any further than Netflix is pushing things now. Right. For But for a sitcom style show, like a network sitcom style show, uh, I think one of the things though that is going to hurt this, and I think it hurt Roseanne in, in the later episodes was uh, Tom Arnold wasn't affiliated with it. He was one of the main writers of the show and he stopped, you know, before that show ended. And I don't think he has anything to do with the reboot or the, not the reboot. It's not a reboot. It's a sequel. Sequel is, what is a reboot? Is it a complete, yeah, it's a reboot. It's not a reimagining. It's a reboot. They're not rebooting it though. They're keeping the old, a reboot is, all of this stuff didn't happen. We're starting again. Uh, okay. Well, you know, this show actually is getting rid of, I believe, the last two seasons or yeah. something like that. I don't know. I guess in a way they're rebooting it. I, I don't know what the what what is the word then? Relaunch? Relaunch. That's sure. it. So they're relaunching it. And I, I think without Tom Arnold's involvement, it's, like you said, it's about a 50-50 proposition. I'm really hopeful because I you know, think John Goodman is brilliant and uh it's gonna be really good to see him playing that character again because he's he's been in some dark roles over the years and it's gonna be nice to see him kind of back into a a lighter role for a change yeah yeah i agree with that i i i think it it has the potential to be to be good um so i'm definitely gonna definitely gonna check it out um, Matt, you didn't watch Westworld, did you? No, I didn't. Never got around to it. Nor Ash vs. Evil Dead. Uh, I've watched about five of those. I'm, I'm, I started watching it, then I kind of fell off the wagon a little bit, and then I decided to go back recently, and I've been slowly working my way through it. So, uh, I think I'm about five in. It's pretty good. Um, I... I wish it was a little more horror and less comedy, but it, it seems like the ratio of comedy to horror is more on the comedy side. Yeah. And, and I wish yeah. that wasn't the case. Well, I, th- I think that has a lot to do with the way the, the movies went by the time they got to Army of Darkness. Well, yeah, I because, agree with that. You know, Army of Darkness is a comedy. Which is you know kind of ironic considering the show doesn't really pay any... Uh, service to 
Army of Darkness as ever happening. It seems like the canon on the show... They've mentioned it. Oh, have they mm-hmm. mentioned it? Because it, it, at least in the limited amount that I've seen, it seemed like it was more a direct sequel to um, to Evil Dead 2. No, there's a couple there's a couple lines about like him fighting the skeletons in the Middle Ages. Yeah, well there was some reference to that too early on, but you know, the the pages and the prophecy and all that shit from the Book of the Dead references that in Evil Dead 2 as well. Is there anything specific from Army of Darkness that is referenced in this show? I don't remember. Okay. But it's but they the show does make it clear those three movies happened and this is what's ha- this is what happens after those three movies. Wait, so they're they're saying the first one happened too? The first movie? Yeah. Cuz the the second movie is kind of it's like a reboot, right? Yeah, and it like contradicts some stuff and I think they contradicts just kind of they kind of just mash everything together like, you know, all the crazy cabin stuff happened, you know, his like sister and girlfriend or whatever and then mm-hmm. army of darkness and then we're here and now we're going with this mm-hmm. well the the one chick in the show ian did you see it no you okay. haven't seen any ash for evil dead no there is a there's a character in the show in the early episodes i don't know if she's a recurring character but she is in the early ones. Uh, Annie's sister. Annie was the girl from Evil Dead Two that recites the you know the words from the Book of the Dead to create limbo for you Monster Squad fans. Mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, her sister's pissed. Thirty years later, or twenty five years later, I don't know how long it's been. It's been a while. Uh, I I really like it. I I love Ash vs Evil Dead. And I'm I'm really looking forward to it coming back. Season three, yes. One last TV note, close out on some comic talk. I think this is going to be a quick one. Either of you have any interest in watching uh, Cloak and Dagger? <laughs> no, Matt. No, I don't either. I don't know. I don't even think I've seen <laughs> Cloak and Dagger in a comic book. I know who they are. I'm sure I've seen cameos in a couple books here and there. I remember when Cloak tried to. Tried to capture Thanos in the Infinity Gauntlet. Uh, he didn't do very well. I don't know who they're affiliated with. I don't know if they're X Men, Avengers. If they're, they're sort of un like they're just they're, Marvel. They're characters. sort of like free agents. Yeah, they're not really connected. If anything, they're like I'd say that they're a Spider Man character. Uh, yeah. Um, or Spider Man even better pool. What's that? Um, Spider Man even better pool. Yeah, I mean, isn't it going to be sort of like a like teenage runaway love? Kind of thing on yeah, freeform, it's be so it's not even freeform show. So it's not even really gonna be the real version. Like they're really gonna um, give it like the like sort of like the. Uh, I I hate to insult CW with this because CW actually doesn't do this anymore. But sort of like a just a, a teenified version of this show. Yeah, yeah, no, but I think that's one hundred percent correct. I think yeah. it's gonna be. I think it's free form wanting to get in the superhero game they're an abc network which is a disney network so this is a good property to cross over with you know teen romance and superheroes i I feel like they're making it a good property because i don't think any of the elements of cloak and dagger i mean they weren't necessarily teens at all 
but they are a couple. Yeah, I mean, they are sure. a diverse like couple. Sure, sure. I mean, I I guess. Yeah. I mean, yeah, like it seems like they're they're cherry picking and taking little bits and pieces and just like mixing it into the already standard um, freeform formula. Well, I think that's why those characters free formula. Yes. I think that's why those characters work so well in the free formula because like they're they're already kind of built for what freeform wants to do. Mm-hmm. And you know, Mar- Marvel's so you know, particular with who gets who and who gets to do what and yeah. like you can't have these people on this show. Yeah, I guess and it whatnot. makes sense. So cuz um, it's not like Cloak and Dagger showing up in this show isn't pissing anyone off. It like if anything, it'll maybe attract some viewers, you know, or maybe get some when, eyes on a comic. Book I think here when was the last time they were relevant in the comics, though? Never is the answer to that. Like I feel like when Ian, when you and I got into comics back in ninety one, I guess it was, like they felt relevant to a degree within the comic. Within they would the show comics. up here and there, yeah. But now they're they may as well not have ever existed. I don't think it's going to be a whole lot different than The Gifted on Fox. I haven't watched The Gifted, but The Gifted um, ties into the X-Men movie universe tangentially. But it all it, it's also teen drama. Mm-hmm. And I think this is going to be teen superhero drama. The heart of X-Men comic books is teen drama though. You know, like that's what those books are about. Yeah, so. but like it's a little. Again, I think it's a little more appropriate with the gifted. Like the gifted makes sense in the world of the X Men because it's you're just changing some names, but it's the same story. Or Cloak and Dagger. I mean, I can't even tell you what Cloak and Dagger's story is. Me neither. But like, just to look at those characters and to know what I know about them, yep. it seems like teen drama would be a real easy sell. Yeah. Are there, um, there's a couple other shows though, Paul. Is there going to be a, a new season of uh, Stranger Things this year? Uh, is there? I don't think. Is there? Yeah, probably. It'll. Prob- I didn't see anything in my research about Stranger Things. Oh well, m- maybe not. Uh, so I guess we can't talk about it then, Ian. What about? Uh, is there going to be a new season of uh, Mind Hunter? I didn't see any Mindhunter things either. I really enjoyed Mindhunter. I like I Jonathan too. Groff. I like uh, Anna Torv too. It was nice to see her after Fringe had been. Paul, I saw a couple episodes. So see her after you saw her on the airplane out to Los Angeles. To and from. She was with us on the flight at to and from. What? Should have got a picture with her. Who was it? Anna Torv. Who's that? Wendy Carr. From Mindhunter, the the chick in Mindhunter. Oh, okay. Not the sexy girlfriend, but the um, I forget what she. Yeah, I don't what think she, the is she like sexy. the doctor. Well, I mean, she's yeah, the doctor. Yeah, the girl. I'm saying sexy girlfriend, as in like she's fucking naked every time she's on the screen. Yeah. So she's sexy girlfriend. Good point. Good point. Her um, name's Hannah Gross. Gross. <laughs> <laughs> uh. Paul, I watched a show, a couple episodes of uh, another one called Manhunt, the Unabomber. No? Didn't see that one? Bombing unis. Anyway, uh, so those would be, if there are new seasons of those, that's what I'm looking forward to. Uh, So, Ian, 
you ready to get into some movie talk? Sure thing. Why not? I have I have uh, cherry picked the movies in chronological order that that seem to be coming out that are oh that are the kinds of things that we may talk about here on the McSauce Comic Book Podcast. The uh, the MCBP for short, if you mm. will. Ian, would you like me to start? By all means, I'm all right. waiting so with the, the bated fir- breath. <laughs> the first on the list, Black Panther, February 16th. Um, this is going to be uh, one of the biggest movies of the year. The buzz on it is shockingly huge, I think. Uh, like, the pre-sales were, I think, surprised everybody on this thing. Like, mm-hmm. apparently it's... It's doing incredible business a month before the movie even comes out. Um, I felt like the previews looked good, but that's about all I can say for it. Like I'm gonna see it, but like it's, I find it really surprising that it's gonna be as huge as it is. But um, I guess there's uh, some cultural relevance to this as well that maybe I'm not giving it credit for. Yeah, I think that this is not really commentary so much on how cool the character is or the following that the character has had. It's just what the character means to a pretty big cross-section of the public. Um, He was one of the first important black superheroes. Mm -hmm. A lot of people either grew up with him as uh, someone that they could point to be like, oh, hey, that's a superhero that kind of looks like me. Or, um, you know, he, he was like the people grew up knowing that he was one of the first. So, um, let me tell you something, Ian, when I first got into comic books, Mm -hmm. I thought black Panther was one of the coolest looking characters. I, he was like, kind of like Batman meet, meet snake eyes or something. Yeah. And, uh, I had no idea he was a black guy. I just, all I knew was that he dressed all in black and he looked awesome. Mm -hmm. That was my, uh, that was My your introduction to him. Yeah, yeah, I remember he was in a, um, I believe it was a an issue of the Web of Spider Man Annual that I that I got, and uh, I likely and I had the it. same one. Yeah, but yeah, I think I know exactly what you're talking about. Um, I I kind of have a different opinion of Black Panther. I always thought he kind of looked cheesy. I thought he looked like a real simplified version of Batman. You know, the traditional version that we get is like no cape, no mouth, no, you know. How like, dare you? I, How dare you? I know, I'm, I know, but I was. You look was like some... a simplified version of Batman. How kind of? I look at you. I always thought he kind of looked like. Are you fucking crazy? He looks boring. like part ninja, part Batman. He looks so cool. Mm. You guys are nuts. I don't know. I, I never, and I still think he looks awesome. I never, I, I never loved the design you all guys. that much. I never loved the design either. I love the movie design more than the traditional, actually. And it's kind of weird because I think there's once you get into the detail, there's too much going on, and yeah. I'm not an over-the-top detail guy like they do in every fucking superhero costume these days. I, I'm kind of a fan of the newer version. Or he has some, um, he has some gold highlights on. Uh, he has like the cape. With, yeah, they're like, bringing uh, the African the kind of, uh, I think, the, aesthetics the into it a little. Yeah, bit. he has a cape with a collar kind of thing. It's very. Um, it reminds me. It reminds me of Spawn, the big collar and everything. Or Dracula. Or Dracula. Who I believe yes. Spawn copied off of. 
Yes, Spawn did copy. I think back in the '90s, Dracula did sue him for uh, copyright infringement. <laughs> so I like, don't think he won. The McFarlane won and made him an action. Yeah, figure. McFarlane uh, <laughs> in the '90s, he yeah, owned he did everything. make him an action figure. Yeah. He actually did do a Dracula. I would love to get a McFarlane version of Dominic Riguere's Dracula from Monster Squad. I don't that, think he does made that exist. That. I don't think it exists. Like on my amazing toys wish list, uh, that, that would be up there. You know what? That's actually... Write that down. That could be a good episode. Uh, okay, so, Paul, the next movie that we have up on the list, we're, we're out of uh, February. We have moved into March. March is a big month. Now, these are not all comic book related, so we can kind of breeze through a lot of them, but they are kind of genre related. Or horror, because we do, as you longtime listeners know, we do horror on the McSauce comic book podcast. Paul, what? Quick postscript. Um, his name is Duncan Regeer, not Dominic Regeer. I know Duncan, Jody Yearden, or Justin Case are going to call me out on that. So Duncan Regeer, I remembered. So now they can like stop up. typing their little tweet. Yeah, right. save your tweets, <laughs> like, guys. Save your tweets. Who was Duncan Regeer for Dracula? Dracula, Dracula, Dracula Monster Squad. Squad. Okay. Draculia. Alucard. Right, so, so next, uh, right, yeah. we're not talking about. Fifty Shades Freed. No, oh, can't yeah, wait. We're skip that one. So we got. Okay. We got she looks uh, really good next in those one. trailers, though. Normally, I don't find her attractive. Yeah, she, she does look kind of sexy. Uh, March 9th, not too far off. You got the sequel to The Strangers. It's called The Strangers. Uh, Pray at night. P R E Y. Pray at night. We watched the trailer before the episode tonight. I think it looks good. It looks kind of like a repeat of the of the first one, and I guess that's okay. I like the first one yeah. a lot. I wouldn't mind more of that. Yeah, you don't want any new twists or well, nothing I mean, different. You just I want certainly it. hope it looks that, like there's going to be a lot of new twists. I certainly hope the new twists are saved for the movie and not revealed in the trailer. But we're getting a handful of different settings. Well, in this one, yeah. Now we have water. I mean, yeah. I mean, like there's, there's a down the pool. street. You there guys, calm down. It's not like this isn't a Marvel movie where it's like the Himalayas, the desert underwater. It's like <laughs> the fucking pool, the right, pool house, the, okay. the street leading to the pool. <laughs> so like, down. Calm down. But in the first one, it was all in the house. Right. I. You know what? In the driveway, Paul. Yeah, yeah it was in all the in the house, house in the driveway. driveway. Now it's this expanded one, to the neighbor's house. It's the. It's. It might be the, the neighbor's, neighbor's house. driveway. We don't know. It's, it's absolutely in the trailer park it's, pool. It's in it's, the trailer it, they're, park. It, they're in. They're in vehicles. They're in some like they're, huge. I think they're in the trailer piping. park, right? Yeah. Like I, I all stand, within Ian, the big pipe guy over here. I stand fucking corrected. You're right. Different locales. Regardless, like I'm. I'm not interested. In it's seeing at night. Movie. It's at really. Late night, it's at early night, it's at Ian, late, late you, night. Do you have interest in this one? I'll watch it whenever it comes on Netflix. All right, well, I'll go to the theater and I'll let you both know. Uh, then, just two short weeks later, we have the Tomb Raider movie. Does anybody give a crap? No. Um, Next. I don't know. It looks kind of good. I like Alicia I didn't see this. They it just dropped like... a trailer. I didn't see it. Is it good? It looks oh, like it, it looks like you're... Basic big budget action movie. There's nothing in this movie that is, that I'm like, oh shit. Well, what within the last like four years they relaunched the the Tomb Raider video game, right? Yes. And they basically got this actress that they modeled the video game character after, and they you know they got rid of all the curves and the big boobs and they made her like younger. It's about survival. Right. It's about Not survival tits. and. But still about no clothes. It's oh, about, really? Is she scantily clad? 
Yeah, I think she still has like a tank top and little because shorts that's on. she's Raiders, she's you, got little titties, but still has a tank top. That's little tits in a tank top. I mean, that's Tomb Raider's uniform, right? Man, and that's like the, the current top. shape and uh, and attire of the current video game version. Hey, so. I get it. Is this? It's is, hot in the jungle. Is this no clothes? Is this no no clothes? She has I can't a fucking, see that, it. That's, she has that, a tank top and pants on. I I feel like that's clothes. It's basically a bikini. This isn't yeah witchblade. Anyway, so March sixteenth, Paul will be in the theater seeing Tomb Raider. Beating off. I like I like Alicia Vikander, Alicia Vikander, but I just no. Doesn't what? Chris? No, I was gonna say doesn't Chris Pine play her dad? But Chris Pine plays no, the dad in Do- A Wrinkle in Time. Dominic West plays her dad, yeah. which by the way is not on this list. I would rather see A Wrinkle in Time than Tomb Raider. Really, you're fucking crazy. But okay, All continue. Right, so um. Apparently Paul's not going to the movies in, do we in wanna, March. Do I we want to make a to. do we want to make a, a box office gross bet? Uh, Raider versus yeah, a yeah. In time? I, I'll, I take a wrinkle in time because as Oprah, and of course it's going to crush Tomb Raider. You fucking moron! Yeah, we didn't say we going to make more stupid? money. Yeah, I think you're both dummies. A wrinkle in time looks cool. It's going to... Wait, 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 wait! We're both dumb, and then you follow it up with a wrinkle in time looks cool. It looks fucking horrible. Fucking horrible, and fuck you for thinking that. You're crazy. <laughs> I don't think it looks horrible at all. I think I, it, I, I think it's gonna do really well. I think it's yeah, it is. I think it looks it's like gonna a really do well, good and it looks like a piece of it shit. looks like I'm not I'm not gonna call it a piece of shit. What I'm going I got to say, you covered. I got it. It it looks like young adult fair. It looks like your your typical young adult movie. No, no, your, no. Your 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 higher. Um, Harry high, Potter high was level. young adult, right? Yeah, Harry this Potter. Looks, yeah, that looks that like, was terrible too. You're you're both fucking retards. You're, you're making our point. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm sorry. A Wrinkle in Time isn't going to have the emotional gravitas of Tomb Raider. Nobody's saying that, but it just doesn't look. It's, it won't. I mean, Tomb Raider is going to be a more enjoyable film for somebody of um, like for for you. Us. For me, I will enjoy A Wrinkle in Time. That is true. Like garbage. So moving on, I like to you. Then <laughs> I'm not garbage. Yeah, Shut you're up. garbage. You're garbage, and I love you. I love your fucking garbage face. Uh, March 23rd, Paul's going back to the theater to see Pacific Rim. <sighs> Still haven't seen the first one. Uprising. So, so he's not going to the theater to if see. If they so, just called this motherfucker Voltron and made it Voltron, I'd have been in. Fuck you, it Pacific looks, Rim. It looks. Uh, like kind of like they're really trying to crank it up to eleven on this one. It looks, you know, Pacific Rimier than the first one. It it loses the main character from the first one. What's that dude's Charlie name? Charlie Hunnam. Who like, Jax Teller. You guys might from like him in other sons, motherfucker. Horrible in the first Pacific Rim. Like the least charismatic main character I've ever seen. The it, first he was, Pacific Rim the wasn't very good though. Like Oh, you didn't like it? No, I did not. I did. Okay. But I liked it in spite of him. Like, I liked uh, Idris Elba in it. I liked Charlie Day in it. I liked, um, um, what's the guy that plays Hellboy? I'm drawing a blank. Ron um, Perlman. Ron Perlman in it. Like, I, I thought all those, like, cartoon-style characters were so good in this world, and then you had the most boring straight man as the main character that just, like, sucked all the life out of it. Uh, well, maybe not all life because I still did like the movie Charlie in spite Adam of him. Feels like a guy that Hollywood desperately wants him to be Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, but sorry, you're not. You're the you're the TV guy. This is you're what the I, TV Chris Hemsworth because he, he was 
I like from reports I've heard. I never watched Sons of Anarchy, but from what I hear, Sons of Anarchy was really good. He's really good in it. Like it seems to me that he just doesn't translate to the big screen. He, he was he was good in it, but he I mean it was an ensemble cast. Ron Perlman once again appeared as his you know uh, his his like stepfather in that show. But like yeah, another it, another show he was great in was Undeclared. But again, that was an ensemble. He was in that, yeah. Yeah, but I mean, like, I think that there's a magnetism for Charlie Hunnam that maybe us... Yeah, it's his abs. uh, Like, yeah, like that us guys, us straight men don't get, because I've heard a lot of women talk about how fucking hot that dude is, and I'm like, ah... Yeah, but they're talking about how hot he is, not how good he is in movies. Right, but that doesn't matter a lot of the time, because they Did they go see King Arthur? I I was taken to King Arthur... I wanted to, to see, see Charlie Hunnam. I'm bummed it, I didn't see it. Like, it wasn't... I don't think and it was bad. And that's why you're garbage. I, I didn't think it was all that bad. Matt, I really didn't think... Pi- I'm just less picky than you. You want to see that boring-ass, same-old-same-old Strangers remake? I, I guess Wrinkle I, in Time I guess is going to give you things that you've never seen something on the movie ass. screen before, and you want to see the same-old-ass horror movie. I've seen Oprah plenty of times, okay? You Number haven't seen one. everything else in that movie. Quit fixating on Oprah, you racist. There's plenty of other awesome things that are going to happen in that movie. But you're like, I want to see the same. Oh, okay, old okay. What are the awesome movie? things that I'm missing out on that you're that you're in the know about? There's some, I don't know. I didn't see. I love it. That, oh, but you that can say that. Time Nation over there. There's right. some crazy ass <laughs> world building fantasy stuff in there. Oh, because it's fantasy, that means it's automatically going to be like crazy awesome good stuff. That's not what I said. It, they, I'm paraphrasing. They, from what I'm I trying can, to make you sound from, less stupid. You're trying to you're trying to turn my argument against me, and you're doing a terrible S- job successfully. There, they are world building in that movie, and it looks like they're setting. I don't know anything about it. I didn't read the book. Just because All you're I've building worlds, right. I mean, it's going to no, be so automatically. It's great. I'm not saying it's going to be great. Well, then what are you defending? I'm because I think it's going to be good. I think it's going to be a cool movie. I'm not saying it's garbage. Did you or see trash. the trailer? Yeah, I you did. You thought it looked okay. It looks cool. I thought it looked terrible. That's my point. You think boring ass same old strangers looks good, but you're not willing to give a wrinkle in time a chance. You're the one that just said like you want to see like new stuff. Strangers is not new stuff. Wrinkle in time is brand new stuff. Wait and you're a not second. even giving it a Wait chance. Wait a second, hypocrite. I was excited about all the new fucking superheroes at DCS coming out. Mr. Oh, I love new shit, different stuff. And yet you poo-pooed all the new like superheroes at DC has coming out because they're new. Yeah, they're two separate things. Hypocrite. It's no, they're two separate things. I don't want to read about new characters in comic books. I'm perfectly content reading Superman and Green Lantern for the rest of my life. Okay. I'm talking about your argument that Wrinkle in Time looks like garbage. Which it does. Not an argument, but it does. I don't... Okay. I don't think it looks like garbage. It's going to make a lot of money, but it's not for me. Like, I can see people being interested Right, in I'm it, not the I, audience I either. What's that? I'm not the audience well, either. why don't you right, stop right, 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 being right. so fucking hardline and give something a chance? Why don't do you? Why does Fuck it need you, to dude, be? I will why be does it need the to be garbage? For way more of these movies than you. Like, trust why me, does it need I give to be way more garbage. stuff a chance than you? Why do can't when it, it comes just be like, eh, you know what? That's not for me. Because why it looks do you terrible. need to be so fucking because hard on this movie? Because I think it looks truly awful. Like it looks like the kind of thing that I would fall asleep trying to watch. 
if I'm lucky. What's next? You made you made your point. You, know, you killed it. March thirtieth, Paul. You're going back to the theater. Are we skipping over Ready Player One? No, the Ready Player One's March thirtieth. I thought it was twenty. Oh, go okay, go ahead. Is this my list or your list, Ian? It's it's woof woof. <laughs> I, th- I think everybody can Who's is it? Is it Matt's amazing better than anything else list? Or your fucking garbage list, dummy? I think it's Matt's list. No, no. Was I wrong on the date? According to IMDb, yes, but only by one day. So, you know. March. Th- what did you have? March it, 29th? 29th. So. Ready Player One. Matt, did you read Ready Player One? I didn't. Did you? I didn't. Ian, you listened to it. I did. I so, like I like the book a whole lot. This looks like a little bit of a watered down version of it. They couldn't secure the rights to a lot of the fantasy elements that kind of make the book. The Millennium Falcon does not appear in this book. Switch that out for some DeLorean. I don't know. I mean, I guess that's that's a, an even trade. Um, wait, you, isn't you, the DeLorean like f- from the trailers? That looks like his go to vehicle. Yes, that's not how it goes in the book. You cannot swap the Millennium Falcon for the DeLorean. Right, and it is okay right. in any universe. You know, have, That's never okay. You have some X-Wings and stuff. You you change out Voltron for Gundam Wing. Oh. You know. So, I mean, like, <laughs> these these are, these are, in I guess. Why are they even making this? That That's kind of <laughs> what I thought when I saw the first trailer. And I was like. Oh, like they they didn't like it any of the stuff that made this fun for me. Ah. Oh. I mean, Spielberg's making this joint. I assume he's bringing some of his heat. I assume this is a question. Properties. I assume this is a question that none of us can properly answer. That neither of you can answer for me. But why is it okay to use all that stuff in a book but not the movie? Like, what's the difference between book and movie licensing? I don't know what the difference in copyright law. I have no idea. Could possibly be, but yeah, I mean, the the uh, author of Ready Player One wrote this book like as he was working, you know, some some computer programming job, and he just happened to write this book and chopped it around, and somebody picked it up. So it's I I would say part sort of like fan fiction. And then somebody just gave him the green light, and he was like, "Eh, leave it all in." I saw the the preview has the Iron Giant in it, which is kind of neat to see him come back yeah, to the silver yeah. screen. Yeah, uh, that's the only part that excited me about the preview. To be honest with you, I was like, "Eh, yeah." yeah I've heard I've heard nothing but hype about this thing, and then I, I was ready for the trailer. I was like, "Oh fuck, Ready Player One." Let's see what the hype's about. And then I'm like, "Ow, oh, this is like." Hunger Games with the Iron Giant. Yeah, right. I, yeah. I think I would rather read the book than go see the movie. Yeah, absolutely. I would recommend absolutely. everyone out there, read the book instead of... I mean, read the book and then make up your own Is the mind. book... What's the audience for the book? Is it is it adults? Is it tweens? Uh, since it has such a deep nostalgia bend, because there's a lot of things that are based on um, properties from the 1980s that you would only get if you were born and grew up in the 1980s, they talk a lot about um, like text-based computer games. And Wait, what was it, Zork or something? I think Zork is in the book. Um, and so that there impressed are, you, didn't it, Paul? I don't know what. That so is. there, so there are a lot of didn't. like there are a lot of deep dive because the 
the the shtick about the the oasis is supposed to be that it is this land of like uh, the the creator of the oasis the steve jobs of the oasis is supposed to be like fixated on the 1980s and, and everything in the oasis is 1980s nostalgia and it's cool to be to wear the clothes of the 1980s and talk the language of the 1980s and everything is of that era and they don't do that in these trailers they and that's a main part of the heart of the story for me is like that whole nostalgia bit to it. So I would say that the target audience is us people. Sounds our age good to me. Sounds so, good to me. Maybe I'll read that book. I'm, I'm intrigued. So it, yeah, I thumbed through it at Barnes and Noble recently and, and it seems like a, you know, it's a relatively thick book, but it seems like a breezy read. Yeah. I mean, it's not complicated or yeah. anything like that. And I really enjoyed it. I'll have to listen to it again. But it seems like this film, kind of for copyright reasons or stylistic decisions, kind of went around the things yeah. that I really enjoyed about it. Right. So. Well, based on what I know to this point, it's got three things going for it. The Iron Giant, Steven Spielberg, and if John Williams did the music, that. But moving on, we're finally out of March, by the way. Paul, you can take a breather. Ooh, you can sit this one out. Exhausted. On May 4th, we got Avengers Infinity War. I know you're going to stay home for that one, but Ian and I are going to see it. I'm going to go. Well, I figured you'd go. be all movied out. March no, is a rough no. month, Matt, man. I love movies. Tomb Raider, to Strangers. The when does Wrinkle in Time come out? <laughs> We're gonna I'll see, look it up. <laughs> We're going to see Infinity War, and Paul's going to be like, I can't. I'm seeing Wrinkle in Time again. Um, again. So Infinity War comes out. As everybody knows, it's the culmination of 10 years of Marvel movies. Every character's going to cross over. It's probably going to be pretty cool, March, even though March we're 9th. relatively... I'll be on my <clears throat> what fourth viewing of Wrinkle in Time March by 9th. the that time com- Avengers comes out. That's the same day as Strangers. Oh my God. Are we going to go... This is what we're going to do. We're all going to go to the theater, and and then I'm going to I'm gonna have to make a choice. <laughs> With one of my friends, I'm going to go to the let's just make we'll it, Let's just make a day of it. We'll go see Strangers, a we'll get feature. lunch, and then we'll go see Wrinkle in Time. I'd rather finish with The Strangers. Either or. I'm good. Get my nap in early. I'm going to see Hurricane Heist instead. <laughs> oh, that looks terrible. <laughs> Hurricane Heist. It looks terrible. All right, so... Uh, it's exactly what you think it is. It- <laughs> they steal a hurricane. <laughs> So, um, Infinity, Infinity War. Infinity War, yeah. Uh, a lot of characters in Infinity War. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I'm not hyped about it. it right. Like, we, we will go opening weekend, right? That's like a pretty much guaranteed thing. But at the same time, there's there's not like this excitement factor. I expect it to be a big spectacle movie. It, it is absolutely a movie theater movie. Right, this is going to be the biggest movie of the year, right? I mean, that, I think that's the safe money says is the biggest movie Solo? of the year. No, this is going to be it. Yeah, like it's it's going to be huge. It's going to be a spectacle. You're going to want to see it as soon as possible. I think there's going to be a lot of stuff that you're not going to want spoiled. You're going to want to be there opening night. Um, but that said, like I'm just not invested in this. Like mm-hmm. my heart isn't in it. Well, maybe not yet, but maybe once it comes out, 
and you see it and you're like, oh, that's pretty good. You know, I mean, Civil War yeah. ended up being really good with that giant crossover of characters. So, and it's the same we were, directors, right? We were in for Civil War. Yeah, the same directors that brought us Winter Soldier, Civil yeah. War. Like, we like the shit that they do. So, um, I'm, I'm a little... Um, um, surprised that you guys are so out and just like. Argh. I think I'm. I think I'm focused too much on the, like, too much on the practical aspect of like the filmmaking, and of you know like all the characters that are going to be involved and like how they're going to have to set this movie up to make it worthwhile and to make the characters matter and. Like I think I'm but thinking too much about that. And but they've done all that work, though, man. Like they've like a lot of these characters have starred in multiple solo films. Like you oh, kind of yeah. don't have to give everybody a ton of screen time because people know these characters and have seen entire movies based on these characters. You're right. We're not. We're absolutely not starting from scratch. And I'm not saying we need to fit 61 uh, secret origins into this movie. Right. But like. There's a lot of characters that I would like to see, like, get good screen time and do, like, do some really cool stuff. Like, you know, I don't want, you know, oh, here's the Guardians 10 minutes and now they're out. Now we're over to Wakanda. Oh, there's Black Panther. Now we're over to Ant-Man. Oh, now we're back to Black. Now we're back to Bucky. I mean, think about the comic book. I mean, that's kind of what they had to do, but it'll focus on one or two or three main characters that'll really kind of carry the movie. Yeah. And everybody else is going to kind of get the, like their little moment or two in the, in the film and that'll be it. Like that's just, that's just what you're getting in this. Yeah. And that's, and that's also part of the reason why my heart really isn't in it. I like, I expect this to be the Captain America, Iron Man show. Well, and every, probably. everyone else is going to be, in the periphery, probably Thor, but will probably another big player. The periphery characters are the ones I like the most. Like I like Cap and Iron Man just fine, but you know they don't resonate with me like Guardians do or even Ant Man did. You like those funny guys. You like the funny characters. I'm surprised you don't like, like Iron Man. More. I like funny with heart. Iron Man's got heart. He got does. a metal heart. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, yeah, we're gonna go. I'm looking forward to it. Um, but I'm not, I'm not crazy hype train for it. In your crazy hype train. I don't think I'm crazy hype train, but you guys are just so surprisingly down on a movie that, a movie franchise and creators and that have given us quality movies that we really, really enjoyed recently. I I don't see any reason why to doubt them or to think, think that the scale's it's, too big. I think the scope's too big. It's not that for me. I guess that's fair. I mean, but, it I don't know. like I I'm all in because of the spectacle, but I think the reason why I'm kind of like lukewarm is because a the trailer I didn't think was that great, and b I think that um, Marvel movie fatigue has set in with me. Like I'm I'm just kind of becoming desensitized to all like this cool shit. Like, whereas if you showed little 19 or 19 year old, nine year old Matt, all this stuff is like a little kid. And I was like, Hey, we're going to have a Spider-Man movie. Captain America's going to be in it and all that stuff. I like, I would have like time warped to puberty so I could blow my load 
it, I would have been so, so excited. so much time traveling in this scenario that <laughs> right? you're setting up. We're back time, time traveling back, and you're like, give, him, give me that DeLorean so I can come. <laughs> Fucking weird. Or the Millennium Falcon. They're give both me that Millennium Falcon. cool. Yeah, the, even swap. I don't know, man. Like, I mean, the DeLorean's pretty fucking up there, Paul. Like, yeah, if they had to swap it out for a vehicle, I'm pretty happy that they did it with such an iconic vehicle. Right. Like, what what could your replacement be? Like, right. Like, that's the most iconic vehicle. Enterprise? Don't diss Star Trek. Star Trek. Anyway, let's, let's. I I mean I, I I get it and I get the DeLorean you know they had limited options but the Millennium Falcon man and I don't know I don't know how either's used in the the story so a mode of transportation All right so seems to, like the Millennium get, Falcon would be a better mode of transportation but DeLorean does time travel does he try time travel He does not time one? travel no So you're eliminating the most important feature of the DeLorean in that movie. I think that the fucking swing open doors are the most important feature. It makes it look badass. And that sound effect when they open. Paul, I'd like to do a little time traveling to a, a date in the future. May 18th, 2018. There's a little movie called Deadpool 2 that's going to be coming out. Everybody's been looking forward Comedies to Deadpool Comedies with 2. heart. Funny guys with heart. Deadpool 2. Biggest flop of 2018. <laughs> Ooh. That's, a, that's silly. Do you want to do a, one of those bets that you like so much? I don't think it's going to do well. I think it's going to do considerably worse than the first one. I think the first one played considerably off. Considerably worse. What do, I, you, what do you consider considerably I don't, worse? I don't know. I'm... I'm Building this argument as I speak. That's how we like to make uh, bets. I don't. Don't you a, know? It's slightly more sound than his typical no, look, argument. Lucky the lucky. the first movie played <laughs> off. Lucky the first movie played off Valentine's Day. The first movie had an unexpected romantic heart to it. Do you think that that's why people went to go see it because of the no. Valentine's Day hook, Paul? No. Listen, listen, Lucky. Even for me, even for me and you. Deadpool had more of a real story than a Deadpool movie should. Deadpool is just silly, you know, dumb chimichanga jokes and, you know, asshole cosplayers at conventions being, you know, assholes. Right. Like, Ryan Reynolds and Marina Baccarin, they gave that movie a real heart. You know, they gave it something that really mattered. Uh... You can write love stories outside of Valentine's Day and Christmas. You can. None of that's going to be in this movie. Like, I don't, like, I don't, like, a lot of, like, Deadpool got a lot of people into that movie because it was just a really good movie at its core. Like, a lot of girls went to see Deadpool because it was funny, Ryan Reynolds is hot, but it was also really good. Like, I don't think my dad from the future who came back to kill me is going to have as much resonance with as wide an audience as I love this girl, we broke up, I'm ugly, she still loves me, I'm going to kill the guy that broke us up. I I, I don't think it's going to be as good. I don't think the story is going to be... I don't think it's... I I just don't think it's going to be as good. Um, They got rid of Tim Miller... The didn't he co-write? Yeah, and direct? yeah. yeah. But he's here's out. The 
let let me interject for a second. Does your average moviegoer a know who the fuck Tim Miller was or even care? And now that uh, Deadpool has become kind of like a staple of current pop culture, like isn't that going to help propel this movie into doing really well? One, no one needs to know who Tim Miller was, but he was a huge part of the success of that first movie. He's right. not around for this one. That doesn't really mean anything. And two, right, exactly. It didn't mean anything for the first one until after it came out. And it was that good. Like, still, no one knows who Tim Miller is. We do. We know the important job he did with the first one. Sure. And with the second one, yeah, like Deadpool now. Cultural relevance. Everyone knows Deadpool. Ryan Reynolds is so funny. but And I'm willing to bet this movie has a huge opening weekend and a huge drop-off well, the next Well, of course weekend. it's going to have a huge drop-off. Because that's what superhero movies do. Well, Bigger than usual. Because there's a movie the next week following it called Star Wars. No, there it's not isn't. called Star Wars. There's one it's that's called, called Ranger, Ranger Solo. Solo. You dumb fuck. <laughs> Ranger Solo. Look, Why uh, is it called Ranger can, Solo? We can, we can close up. the Japanese hate stars. The, oh, come on, buddy. What? Or Japanese. Chinese. I'm sorry, Chinese. Racist. Chinese. I said Chinese. I'm sorry. Do we want to move along? I do. Later on, we're going to revisit this because I feel I feel you're a betting man on Deadpool. I feel like I'm not. I, I don't. Are, I'm not making. I'm not making I would bets. Make the bet. but I don't I, think Deadpool's going to do. I don't think it's going to come close to the success. I don't of the first. think it'll I don't make think that it's going to make the same made, money. But I but think it'll also, come close. Yeah, I think it'll come close. Like making more than the it's it's the highest. Um, Highest grossing R-rated movie of all time, so it would be foolhardy to be like, "Oh, it's gonna fucking make the same amount of money." Like it won't, but it will. Be, it'll come close. It's not. Gonna... It's coming out. It's actually hurting itself by coming out when it is. It yep. should have probably been one of those kind of off month releases. Not March, because March is like fucking huge. March is the new May. Yeah, I mean, fucking hurricane hijackers hurricane or whatever heist, it is. Hurricane heist, strangers. Three, um, wrinkle and time. Wrinkle, oh my God, wrinkle in time. How is anything even going to compete? It's true. Why don't we? Why don't we move this along a little bit here? Okay, we'll go you quick. Go to we're, solo. Yeah, this is going to be kind of rapid fire. Okay, because we're we're getting long in the tooth, and I know the listeners are getting tired in the teeth. In the teeth. Solo's May twenty fifth. It's the next Star Wars spinoff. We've all been uh, relatively. Um, kind of tepid on on this one. I don't know if uh, if it's going to be a piece of shit or what. Uh, they haven't released anything for it. Every time you know you look at something online, you see that like there's going to be a trailer, but there isn't. Super so, Bowl, Super, I, Bowl, Super Bowl, I guess is probably what it's going to have to be. Um, so I mean, we'll all see it, but this seemed like a bad idea from the very beginning. Um. Then on June 15th, we're going to got to go all the way into the middle of June for another big release. So nothing wants to come out near Star Wars, apparently. But um, June 15th, you got The Incredibles 2. A lot of people seem to be really excited for this one. Um, I think it's a pretty safe bet that it's going to be a really big movie. I think that it's going to get uh, like tons of fans of that first one. Plus, you know, your regular... Uh, families that go to Pixar movies. Um, 
Paul, one week later, June 22nd, Jurassic World, The Fallen Kingdom. I, I want was, it to be good. I want it to be good, too. I wasn't blown away by the trailer. I wasn't blown away by the trailer, either. I guess for story purposes, they didn't bring the kids back. But um, I forget the kid's name. I like the older kid a lot. Like I wanted more of a cohesive world. I guess it just doesn't make sense. But it's kind of interesting in this one. It looks like they need to save the dinosaurs before the island explodes. Kind of a different take on the story. So I'm interested. I would like to see it in the trailer. In the trailer, you have that. Uh, Chris Pratt is is facing down a big T Rex, and then all of a sudden, a bigger T Rex shows up. And or was it was it He's, the okay? So what was the thing in the in the last one? The the mutated dinosaur. What did they call that? It was like Hulk Rex. I don't remember. Hulk what they Rex. Called it. Is that what he's facing down in this trailer? No, this is some. This is just some other, you know, carnivore predator and the classic Jurassic Park T Rex comes and kills that thing. And kills that thing. Yeah, oh, Thanos okay. Rex. I was I, I was under one. the impression that that T Rex looked bigger than like a regular T Rex in the Jurassic in the Fallen World trailer. Yeah, me, no, it was just a yeah me being stupid. Um, Jurassic World. Um, yeah, I like. I would like to go opening weekend. Yeah, it too. looks cool. I like Chris Pratt, Bryce Dallas Howard's hot. Um, I don't think I like the doctor that's running around with them. I'd rather them have the kids back. I think he seems to be yeah. put in as like weird, like comedy relief. Yeah, he's dead. I um, hope, but it looks like he lasts a long time. He'll die. Don't worry about it. They got, they got this. <laughs> this is a Jurassic Park. They always kill the weasels. Yeah. Not BD Wong. Ken Fodder. Well, yeah, he. Yeah, we need to see a little bit of him. He's he's back turning, in this one. Is he? He was uh-huh. the villain of the last one. He was yeah. a nice guy in the yeah. original, but he turned into a scumbag in between movies. That's what happens thirty years later. You turn into a scumbag that gives up on your family and friends. I guess so. Goes and hides out on an island, ready to die. So, uh, Paul, speaking of going on an island, ready to die, Ju- July sixth, Ant Man and the Wasp. <laughs> I want all the heist movies. Island heist, and river heist, heist <laughs> hurricane heist, things you can't heist. Tomb heist. Fucking wind heist. Yeah. Stream Isn't heist. that the movie Tomb we're heist. getting, though? Tomb, Tomb heist. heist. Tomb, hi- That's Tomb heister. Yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to Ant-Man and the Wasp. I'm not feeling Marvel fatigue for Ant-Man and the Wasp. I love Paul Rudd. I love the tone of that first movie. I, I'm looking forward to this one. Well, I hope it meets all of your expectations. I don't see how it couldn't. I don't have very high expectations. For have you seen one. a trailer I, for I it? I feel like you do because I you're like, oh, it's fucking one. great. The Ant-Man, you like, you, I feel like you've retroactively made Ant-Man your favorite movie of all time. <laughs> no, d- definitely not. But I, I really like the first one. And Ian, I'm with I'm, you. I'm looking forward to this one. I'm with you. He has done that. All right. Let's go. Do you want to jump to August? Uh, yeah, we're going to go all the way to August 24th with a... Uh, oh, you're going to skip over August 3rd? What's August 3rd? The Predator. What's that? The, the fucking Predator. Really? Yeah. I didn't know that. Is, is it kind of list you got over is there, Is it player? a reboot? It is. I'm sure it's a is reboot. Is Arnold in it? Yvonne Stravowski is in it. Olivia Munn is this Ooh, an HCHL what? fucking movie. Uh, Thomas Jane. 
Sterling K. Brown. What? Sterling K. Brown? Edward is, James almost. Keegan Michael himself Keegan, to be in a Predator movie? Keegan Michael Key, Jake Busey? Jeez. I mean, like, Jake this shit fucking is fucking Busey? Fire, right? Starship Troopers own Jake Busey? And Shane Black coming back to direct and write. Busey? Shane Black starred in... Wait, Shane Black wrote Iron Man what 3. Predator's movie? He did. The first one. Yeah, he also was in it. Yes. he was. Remember, he was the guy that told the jokes about his... I said to my girlfriend, I was going down on my girlfriend, and I said, geez, you got a big pussy. Geez, you got a big pussy. No, and she no, was no, like, no. why'd you say it twice? I didn't. Ah. Anyway. Shane, wait, this Shane Black is, Shane wrote Black, that guy. Predator. Yeah, and yes. he was in it. And was in it. The and Arnold Schwarzenegger, Apollo Creed, Predator. Is there any other one? Yes, he did write that one. So, and then they made Predators that Topher Grace was in. Then they made Predator Two. Yeah, oh, they made they made the sequels. Wait, wait, but Pred- the most recent Topher one Grace was, was in that? Pre- the most recent one was the Adrian Brody Topher Grace one. Predators, yeah. yeah. And this is the Predator, the Predator, and this is a sequel, not a reboot. A sequel. I I'm thinking probably to. The first two Predators. You know how you... Didn't Predator... Wasn't Predator 2 Danny Glover in L.A.? Yeah. It was, but it still existed in the same world as Predator. Where does this one take place? Why are you asking me all these fucking questions, man? I don't know. Seems like Predator works best in the jungle. That shit was weird when they brought him to the city. I I liked Predators. I don't feel like this is the Predators movie with Adrian Brody. I did too. I thought it was really good. Uh, I mean, like... It looks like they're splitting it in half. Like it looks like they're in tanks, but in the fucking I city. Is that, so is that uh, the grassy knoll? <laughs> so that's only Alice. one picture, Ian. But I already don't like it. How about this one? It's a similar picture, but clearer. No. Ah, uh, eh, I'm probably not going to see that. What's what's after the Predator? Uh, you got August twenty fourth, Slenderman. Any interest in Slenderman? Barf. We're big horror f- fans fucking here. No. 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 Matt, what about I don't you? See Are you into that? Movies. Uh, I'm I'm relatively intrigued. Uh, I don't like read up on Slenderman, but I, I think like the concept the, right, of the the character. The look of him is creepy yes. as hell. Yeah, I'm and into all those that. old photos and shit. <clears throat> it just um, looks like the ring. But once you, it might be garbage. This yeah. is like this is where this is where I, I think you don't need you don't need a more fleshed out story. Like he's great on his own, just like <clears throat> Boba Fett. You know nothing about him. That's fair. He looks kind of neat. He's terrifying. I don't need to know. I don't need to see an actual story about him. You know what? That's fair. Listeners, we are not going to the theater on August 24th. We got a few more to run through here. Uh, Ian, I know you're excited. Robin Hood on September 21st starring... Um, Charlie Hunnam. Charlie Hunnam. No, not Charlie Hunnam. Uh, t- the dude from The, the guy Kingsman. from The Kingsman. Whatever that kid's What's name What's his is. name? It's a weird uh, name. Th- like something Edgerton, right? Joel um, Edgerton. No, no. Taron Edgerton. Edgerton and you know who's Little John? Who's Little John? (laughs) Jamie Uh, Foxx. Jamie Foxx. Real weird. We only learned about this about a half hour ago. Then October fifth, ah, my favorite month. We're getting into Halloween territory. We got Spooky Spider Man. We got Spooky Spider Man. Venom. The Venom movie comes out. So who knows? Maybe it'll be cool. Maybe it'll be a piece of crap. I don't know. Um, Actually, it'll probably be a piece of crap. But I'm hoping that it's really good. 
I'm interested to see how like scary they can make them. You know, right? Um, okay, so do you think Octo- it's gonna be scary? Could be. I, I don't know. Yeah, maybe. I mean, that's got to be the hook, right? Like, why do it if he's not a little bit scary? Right. And it will be connected in some some way, shape, or form to the Marvel universe. It'll have. The uh, Tom Holland Spider-Man will have some kind of cameo or mention or appearance, so that has That's been, a good thing. Yeah, I think it, you can't have Venom without that being connected. And that'll also help solidify him maybe as a villain, as he should be, because right. if he's not, it's just, the character just doesn't work if he's not, he's not like, gonna the be. bad version of Spider-Man. It's going to be, it's going to be Will Smith's Deadshot. It's going to we'll be, see. that's what it's going to be. We'll see. We will see. October 19th. <laughs> Halloween. October nineteenth. The one Someone I'm looking kind of forward to is Halloween. Halloween, yeah. Halloween, I think, is going to be. Well, actually, I think it's going to probably not be that good. It's actually written and directed, I believe, by uh, Danny. Um, Danny McBride. McBride. Uh, Pineapple Express's own Danny McBride. He of Dundee fame. Yeah, that's weird. Um, so I have here in IMDb has David Gordon Green as uh, the director. Oh, maybe he's not directing it. Then. Yeah, but it, Danny McBride is on as uh, like one a producer, of the writers, or writer. Um, and I here mean, he is on set. Apparently, like he's approaching this thing with complete reverence and and uh, respect to the franchise and the character. It's going to pick up, I believe, after the second. Halloween movie, um, Jamie Lee Curtis. Well, not right after the second one because Jamie Lee Curtis is in this uh, as you know. So four an, decades an after the second movie, yeah, it's gonna pick right up forty years later. Um, so I'm looking forward to it. I hope it's good. I I just hope so much that it's good. But I have like kind of doubts. Kind of like how I hope Han Solo is good, but I got doubts. Um. November 2nd, X-Men Dark Phoenix. Uh, after X-Men Apocalypse, I'm kind of like, yeah, whatever. I don't care. Is it, like, I um, I feel like I'm surprised they're still doing this. I this think it's just because one. they have the... Contractual they have the obligations. rights, and they might as well make a movie, and they have a bunch of people signed on. And this is going to be with Sansa Stark and... yeah. Yeah, I just can't get behind is that it, chick. Is, is it is, uh, uh, Jean Grey? What's his name that did the first two X Men movies? Brian Singer. It's is this Brian Singer? I know Simon so Simon Kinberg is the director. Uh, uh, he was a producer or writer on the other ones. Yeah, yeah he also got busted for uh, dirty sex stuff. I th- no, that was Brian. No, Singer. that's Brian Singer. That's why he's not on this. No, it was also Simon Kinberg in the last. They were participating together. I don't think they they weren't the same incident, but. Simon Kinberg also got also got busted for some stuff. I hadn't heard that. Uh, just a few more, Ian, I promise. Uh, you're going to be excited about this. The Harry Potter spinoff, Fantastic Beasts, the, the Crimes of Grindelwald. I honestly like that. I like that better than I like Harry Potter proper. You watched the first... I, watched, I, I went to the theater to see the first Fantastic Did you enjoy Beasts. it? It was fun, yeah. Yeah, I thought so, I too. It. I'll go see this it was, one. It was like a fun. cool variant take on that universe. Big you know, Harry Spain. Potter. <laughs> Big Harry Potter fan over here. I felt like Fantastic Beasts was a fanfic money grab. I have no desire to see any part of it. Oh, oh really? 
Yeah. <laughs> Next. <laughs> um. November twenty first, Creed two. Um, apparently Apollo Creed's son is going to fight Ivan Drago's son. They actually cast Ivan Drago's son in this movie, a real life fighter, uh, who looks like a brick shit house. And it's Michael B. Jordan has to be like, what the fuck? I don't know. It might be kind of fun. Like, I mean, your favorite Rocky movies, Rocky four. So there's a, there's a big difference between fun and good. Okay, well, hold on. Rocky Four is your favorite Rocky movie. And, like, the first two Rocky movies and Rocky Balboa are, like, legit good movies. Rocky Four is just, like, wacky and silly. And Rocky ends- Four is my favorite Rocky movie because it's the one I saw the most as a kid and I have the most nostalgia connected to it. But right. I can recognize, even though I didn't see it, that, like, Creed was supposed to be a really good movie. Like, Yeah, it was very good. And now they're just going to do schlock again it might not be it, they might keep it like kind of grounded isn't Sylvester Stallone writing this <clears throat> I don't know I think he was gonna direct it but now he's not but he also wrote Balboa and Balboa Rocky Balboa right. was really good so yeah and he, he wrote like, Rocky and that was really good yeah so, like it, I mean he Rocky, Rocky. He wrote, Sylvester <laughs> Stallone what basically was an artist of like the times right so like whenever he made Rocky Balboa, that's kind of the movie that was appropriate at that time, very much like Rocky Four was kind of like what you would expect in the late 80s. Um, so, anyway, there's there's two more movies on this list, you guys. Do it. Uh, the one that I'm really looking forward to, December 14th, one year after uh, The Last Jedi, we have Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, the animated Spider-Man movie. Yeah, that looks pretty good. It's starring Miles Morales as Spider-Man in this one, but I think we're going to have a Peter Parker appearance, which I don't like. I kind of wish that they would either talk about Peter Parker in the past tense, like he was the former Spider-Man, you're the new one. But if this or- is if this is the Spider-Verse, um, couldn't like this could be a different universe, Peter Parker. Like Miles Morales' universe, Peter, could be dead. And if they're doing all these different universes, this could be a our universe, Peter Parker. Right, which is a little scary to me because that right there turns me off because I hate that like universe crossover stuff. It's like it's it's Spider Verse is though, right? Spider Verse, yeah, right. Like I was excited when I saw it was a Spider Man animated thing, but then you see the word Spider Verse and it's like ugh. Um, The animation looks incredible. It looks so cool, so stylized. The city feels so alive in it. I can't wait to see it just from like a visual standpoint. Yeah, me too. And uh, if Ewan were here, he would tell you he was also excited for it. He can't wait. Uh, he also thinks Wrinkle in Time is going to be great. What's next? Uh, what's next is December 22nd, the final movie that we will care about this year. Uh, it's a DC joint, Aquaman. Oh, that comes out December 22nd? That's December so 22nd. The last big movie of the year. Jason Momoa is going to swim his ass off and flex. Yeah. Um, whatever you guys want to do, DC. I mean, I really liked him in Justice League. I realize that, that is not, you know, traditional Aquaman. But at the same time, that character had lots of charisma. He was Some of the best scenes in the Justice League movie involved him. So, you know what? 
you're getting a pass for now, as far I as I'm concerned. I think there's more depth to play off of him in his own movie. There's more to do with him. Depth, um, like as in leagues? Oh, yeah, depth, depth of the ocean. I think there's more character depth. Uh, I like that Patrick Wilson is going to be playing Orm. Um, I think it could be cool. I think it could be kind of a kind of a sleeper success. I don't want to say sleeper hit because I don't think it's going to be hit. But I think it could like slowly come around to people being like, you know what? That Aquaman movie was kind of good. I think they need to. Um, they need to figure out the how to talk underwater business. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm, I'm assuming they've figured that out by now. They may we not just haven't have. seen they it. They need yet. to just bring it up on a, on land. We we can have water on land. It's fine. The underwater stuff looks like trash. Wow, it does. It looks bad. Uh, talking underwater looks bad. Talking underwater looks weird. But I thought the the underwater fights in Justice League look pretty solid. But I don't, the, I don't having to create having an like a, a, an air bubble to talk every time you want to talk, yeah. that's goofy. Just do it like Is the that fucking, what they did in the movie? Do it like the yeah, Gungans, Mira man. Spread out the, all the water. What'd you say? I said do it like the Gungans. That's have what I was Atlantis just going to say. And like, uh, you know, you can have some, some action underwater when you're doing your talking. City's, city's going to be enclosed. Yeah. You got to be air breathers partially. Can't be all underwater. Hmm. Well, there you have it. That's your 2018 preview. Ian, I'm sorry we went a little bit long, but there was a lot to cover. Because 2018, it's a big year, man. There's a lot going on. I think we covered it. We, uh, you know, if, if we didn't hit something, we don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to do it for us tonight. Welcome to 2018, everyone. My name is Paul McGinty. Ian Sharpley. Matt Casal. See you next time. <laughs>